Well, hello again. Welcome back to the Live to Give podcast. My name is Jacob. I am the producer, and here with me today is our hosts, Evan and Nate. How are you guys doing today? Well, I'm peachy. Peachy. Yeah. Peachy and oh, well. Oh, that was your answer. I thought you were going to say well and oh, yeah. continue, but then no. That <laughs> Isn't was that answer. an odd word, though? <laughs> it is. Like, I'm doing well, well but also you go, well, exactly. you know what I mean? So, well, like, yes. uh, I think I'm going to decide right here in this moment after what just uh, transpired. Okay. I'm going to use well, like, oh, I'm doing well, uh, but pronounce it, enunciate it, whatever, <laughs> like it's the other well. Does that make sense? <laughs> it does. So ask me it again. Does. How you doing, Evan? Well. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't well, know. It's, it's something well, I'm cooking up in this moment. I've heard great. people pronounce it like welt. Welt? What with a T? Welp. What about whelp? Yeah, like whelp. P with a P. Yeah, I've seen P. I feel like that's oh, a Midwest thing. Welp. 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 Yeah. Ope. <laughs> Maybe it's what a P. This. Ope. Ope. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Nate, who uh, who did we have on the podcast? We had yeah, Jasmine, we who uh, is an incredible um, person, but even more so, she's a counselor here at the church, but works for a nonprofit organization called Beacon of Hope, and uh, she use uses part of Faith Church for her counseling. Uh, program if you call practice, it that yeah, practice maybe. there you go yeah. yeah better word but yeah it was just a great time we i think this interview for me was one i, I don't want to categorize as a favorite but it was like really inspirational <laughs> sure yeah in the sense of mm, i agree man she jumped right in she was ready what, she, what about she, yeah. it was inspirational to you like is our, i mean obviously we don't want to give too much away right now but yeah. was there any comment or thought that was truly inspirational to you like like you're walking away from this conversation with that thought so it for me, it wasn't so much like, here's the phrase or the uh-huh, thought. It uh-huh. was more like just the idea that we're talking to someone who's on the front lines, mm. who's helping people go beyond what we just went through in a pandemic. Yeah. Um, she's she's right there walking along her clients and yeah. trying to, you know, help them take a step forward in life. And so it's just, it's really neat. I think we all can benefit from how she maps out, how she thinks things strategically, mm-hmm. all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And the way she categorized hope for me, I think that's what, oh, that was really yeah. cool. Yeah, it's really interesting. I think there's something fascinating about counselors, about therapy, stuff like that for mm-hmm. everybody, because I think in some way, every person on this planet in some way is like uh, has a little bit of a counselor in them because mm-hmm. we have friends who come to us. Right. 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 Not everyone comes to you to for you to cook them a gourmet dish like a chef would. <laughs> yeah, not me. Versus everybody in some capacity has people coming to them that they support, that they help. Sure. Uh, hey, let me help you through this. Let's talk about this. Mm-hmm. Everybody has a piece of that. I don't. <laughs> you have no one coming to you asking. <laughs> Nobody but liar. Just showed up in my house. You're a wonderful <laughs> fat liar. <laughs> but but it's it's interesting because we get to see something that we all take part in in, yeah. in just our course of life, and we get to see it on a professional level. Yeah. We get to see it on a grand scale, and so mm-hmm. to to pick someone's brain uh, around that is, yeah. is quite fascinating. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for people to listen. But didn't you have a question for us? Ooh, yeah. So oh. we we like to do brain breaks in yeah. our podcast. We've talked about that uh, many times, and we have a really good brain break for the interview. So mm-hmm. people definitely don't want to miss that. Yeah. But here's my brain break uh, for us. Okay. I'm ready. What is the weirdest thing you have seen in someone else's house? Oh boy. Oh, I have what a friend. Is the strangest thing. Oh my gosh, I have a friend. Wow. That Before, was hold on. No, hold on. He knows exactly I'm not answering. What he's I'm not answering the question yet. Oh. No. But I have a friend 
who purposely, whenever he goes over to someone's house, goes to their bathroom and looks through their cabinets. No. <laughs> every time. Every he time. He just has to. Every time. And he well, always asks to use the bathroom and goes through their cabinets. Wow. And the things he has found. Oh, I'm oh, sure. Yeah. Have you ever planted something oh, yeah. when they come over? Yes, we did it uh, at a, well, I'm not going to give away too much, but we <laughs> did. Yeah, we did. We did uh, one time. Nice. Plant purpose oh, a couple times actually plant. That's awesome. Yeah, I cannot Fun. believe that. But that the weirdest thing I've seen in a person's house. Yeah, house. I'm such a private person. <laughs> right, Those right. People are going through my stuff. What? It'd be hilarious. Oh man. What would oh, they find goodness. in your bathroom? Uh, not much. Normal yeah, bathroom things. Yeah, toothbrush. But toothpaste? it's just the idea that like <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, totally. Going around. He looks totally. through prescriptions. <gasps> oh no! I'm not joking. It's like oh, so for that him. That is a violation. So it for him, totally. So is. for him, it's not oh like he's gosh. gonna like build us up to like build a case against the person. Sure. It's more like it, he looks at it as like a investigation. Yeah, just who, to figure who out who they are. Involved yeah, with. who, who oh are, are these people? This person on this medication? <laughs> like, come on. Oh my god. That's horrible, isn't it? That's so funny. Absolutely horrible. Still a friend of yours? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I just don't invite him over. Sure. Right, right. Sure. So okay, Okay. anybody have an answer for this one? Weirdest thing I've saw at someone's house. At someone else's house. Are you included in that? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Sure. (laughs) Uh uh, I'll go so that way there's awkward silence. Um I had a friend who lived uh, near me where I grew up and uh, this friend, little did we know his parents were like leaders at a cult in the, in the county. Legitimately. Yeah. And so I went over to his house and in one of their bedrooms in like what I would consider maybe their prayer room or whatever, uh, they had a purple pyramid on a table in the middle of the bedroom. Or whatever room. It's called Illuminati. Whatever. (laughs) I don't know what cult this was, but they would pray to this purple pyramid statue thing. It was only, you know, maybe a foot tall or something like that, but it was in there. It was like a a prayer room of theirs. It was, it was very weird. And I wasn't allowed in their house once we uh, found out that that they were a part of a cult. Right. Yeah. That would be the weirdest thing I uh, saw that is, at somebody's that's house. That's a good one. I'm definitely. It's a really good one. I don't have friends like that, so. <laughs> I don't need any more yeah. either. <laughs> um, man. I have one. My Go aunt and uncle. Mm-hmm. Uh, my uncle's a huge hunter. Mm. He has this trophy room down in their basement. Oh. It's all the animals he's ever shot and stuffed. He's got timber wolves down there. He's got oh. all kinds of things. So I've gone down there in the dark. <gasps> and that's, it just oh, is so terrifying. creepy. Yeah. And oh, everything is like that. immaculate. Right, and it's all right, like right, in its right. place. He's got a wall of deers. He's got like a bear. He's got timber. I mean, all the. Is it just their heads or like the whole animal? It's the whole animal. <gasps> wow. Interesting. Except for the bucks. He just did the head right, part on those. Yeah, but um, yeah, just it was ever since I was little, it was so creepy to me. That yeah. is creepy. That would be startling. <laughs> Imagine sleepwalking. And that's where you wake <laughs> and then up. You wake up right by a, a timber bear. wolf. Run, run head, f- head first into an antler. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. Ouch. But he had moose down there. He had all kinds of stuff. Ooh, Elk. Yeah. yeah. You can oh. shoot moose? I mean, this is all uh, a trophy room. So that was. You can. You just don't talk about it. Um, no, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I hunt. No, I imagine somewhere kind of you can hunt moose. The biggest thing down there was a pachyderm. How many meese did he have in his basement? <laughs> <laughs> just one moose, or did he have two meese? There was two meese. Two meese? Yeah. Two meeses. Meeses? Mm-hmm. There was one elephant. Oh, my. Oh. No, I'm joking. There's no one. <laughs> 
You guys didn't pick up on the That's pachyderm? Illegal. Yeah, it is. I, I don't know what a pachyderm, pachyderm is. I didn't hear it. <laughs> What's a pachyderm? It's an elephant. Yeah. Oh, really? It's like their sure. proper name for it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because there's something with camels too. I thought that's what I thought. That's similar to it, and like one means one hump, one means two hump. No, it's it's humpy. That's what that means. <laughs> humpy is the <laughs> the scientific name for yeah. camels. Humpy. I would be uh, shocked if some scientists, <laughs> when they discovered the camels for the first time, they're like, let's call them. Hold on, we can- can- <laughs> Like, what? We're doing an intro here, guys. <laughs> Is that what we're still doing? Yeah. Jacob, you Honestly, gotta answer the brain I don't break. even know. Weirdest I mean, thing. I mean, the only thing I can think of are like weird angel, like, you know, the, okay. Oh, what precious is, moments? Yes. Yeah. Mm. I, oh, everywhere. I had an aunt that was into those. Everywhere. My grandparents. Oh, my Atlanta. I love mm. those. Are you lying to me? Because I yes, hope so. I am lying. Praise God. I apologize to anybody who likes that. I don't that. hate them as much as I just as you find did. it creepy. I can't believe that. That's insulting. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> you guys are mean to me. We but love it is you. What it is. Yeah. I know you love me. But You're a producer. You do yeah. amazing things. I you do. run the show. Yeah, I'm amazing. We're just the uh, <laughs> the voices of it. That's all. The voices of reason. Oh, geez. Okay, this intro is getting very long. <laughs> so let's just get right into the conversation that we had with Jasmine. We're very excited for you to hear it. Here it is. Jasmine, thanks for joining us today. Uh, why don't you start us off by just telling us a little bit about who you are, how you got to where you are today? Um, well, my name is Jasmine Burgess, and I've been at Faith for seven-ish years. Um, grew up kind of in and out of church. Um, I think I distinctly remember giving my life to Christ at 13, um, and I was the kid, unbeknownst to me, but everybody else in school knew, oh, that, that girl is a Christian. So, um, that was fun. Um, had a teacher in high school who was very not Christian. And so we had some, a few good conversations about different topics. And, um, so fast forward to 2010, I'd finished my bachelor's degree and was just kind of floating, couldn't really find anything to do. Um, so, and I had had my faith on a shelf for a number of years at that point. Um, and I was like, okay, God, what do you want me to do? Like, I'm going to, I'm going to actually ask your opinion this time. And he's like, you're going to go to grad school. Eh, no, no, no more school. No yeah. more school. Um, he's like, no, 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 you're go- You're going to go to seminary. No, 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 I'm not. Mm-hmm. And we argued about it for a while. Um, and like, I can't, I can't do languages. I'm going to have to do Greek or Hebrew or some such crazy difficult thing. Um, lo and behold, I, I, uh, did a tour at Grand Rapids Theological Seminary and one of the first questions I asked, do I have to take Hebrew? Nope, not for the counseling program. Oh, crap. <laughs> that was my out. Um, so, so long story short, I finished a master's degree in counseling, um, in biblically based counseling. And it's funny because the whole time, half our degree at that school is Bible and half is counseling. Um, and the whole time I'm like, I don't need this Bible stuff. This is too hard. I'm wasting my time. I couldn't tell you how useful it is in actually doing biblical hmm. counseling. Um, and now I, you know, I get students, um, with my work, I, I supervise interns and I'll get some students out of, um, secular programs. So now it's like, okay, well, here's a list of books you need to read to be able to do Christian counseling effectively and sufficiently. And they just kind of look at me sideways. I'm like, yep, yep. You do need to read these. Um, so integrating my faith with my profession has been something, um, just, profoundly fulfilling and 
walking through the type of ministry I have, I always, I never wanted to go into ministry per se, because I didn't want to be the person on the stage. I didn't want to be the person who was um, looked at and, and, and held up to a certain standard and, and judged against all other pastors they've ever met in their whole life. Um, <laughs> no, that doesn't happen. <laughs> that, that was not my gig. Um, but I realized I do have a ministry of sorts and it, it is different from a pastor role and it's different from, um, worship leader role. It's, there's so many differences between all the different ways we can serve and be in ministry and, and impact the kingdom and impact others. Um, so, so watching that develop and watching that grow has been really something God inspired. It's just been watching Christ move and shape and develop and, and, um, yeah, so, so that's kind of the ins and outs of, of how God shapes you into the career you choose. And maybe you didn't even choose it, but he's like, yeah, you're going to go do this. I'm like, no, no, I don't. Yes, you are. Just go. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that, that's been a lot of, a lot of um, blood, sweat and tears and, and effort and energy and just kind of shaping into what I do now. Um, so, so I'm a, I'm a Christian counselor, but I also work for a nonprofit. So we don't charge fees. So we, we have um, a much broader reach because there's not a financial hurdle for anybody. It doesn't matter if you're a millionaire or you're homeless, like you can come to us and we'll help you. Yeah. Um, and that's been something very freeing because I get people that sit in my chair and they're, they're okay. How much is this going to cost me? Like, oh, I need help. But what's it going to cost me? Nothing. Wait, what? God pays for it. Well, I don't believe in God. That's okay. He doesn't need you to. <laughs> yeah. Still got to pay for it. Yeah, still pay for it. And they just, you know, I get a, I get a sideways look. Um, and they're like, well, do I have to be a Christian to be here? Nope. God doesn't care about that either. He'll still help you. Okay. <laughs> and and they come and they get help and it's, it's amazing. Um, so yeah. That's great. Who over your, um, career and then even outside of the career, who were some inf- influential people that you looked up to? Um, my mom a lot. Um, she had a a difficult history. Um, but throughout her difficulties, she never gave up on God. Like that was something that was always a core belief for her. Um, so moving, you know, I I lost her a couple of years ago and I still see her influence coming in a different ways that I didn't expect. Um, you know, it, I have a few grad school professors that I really look up to. Um, my boss actually, his name's Kyle. He, uh, he's really shaped not just my career, but, but a lot of how I see people and kind of realizing there are some, some judgmental and biased attitudes in there that, that I need to work on that he's kind of pointed out and shown me, you know, we could do this a little bit differently. Hmm. Um, so that's been really cool. Hmm. Evan and I have had the privilege of meeting him and watch him work a room. Oh yeah. It's amazing yeah. how it he, how he, he's quirky without mm-hmm. a doubt, but that quirkiness, like, you know, he cares for you. Absolutely. Every person at the table yep. or wherever he's talking to, you know, it's yep. kind of neat. Yeah. And it's effortless for him. Yeah. Like you just, it's just a sense you get about him that he's genuine. Yeah. yeah. Funny enough. I, I feel like I know Kyle from somewhere because both Nate and I, we went to Cornerstone, which is attached to Grand Rapids Theological mm-hmm. Seminary. And, and I know he went to GRTS, right? Yep. Okay. And maybe he was on Cornerstone's campus a lot during that time. I don't know what, but Kyle is so familiar to me. And, and the funny thing is, is 
what whatever vague memory I have of him back 20 years ago or whatever it was, uh, it, it was very similar to the way I see him now, which is like what Nate said, working the room, going yeah. around, checking on people. Like I remember we were at a, a fundraiser of yours uh, just a couple weeks ago for Beacon of Hope, which, by the way, we should say that is the nonprofit that she works for. It's called Beacon of Hope. Yes. Beautiful, beautiful organization. There's a lighthouse in the logo. There is a lighthouse <laughs> in the logo. Uh, and, uh, and so we were at a fundraiser with you guys, uh, and, uh, uh, Kyle was walking around just pouring everybody water, like yeah. going tail like, yeah. uh, yeah, he, he Cracking seems jokes. like a special guy. Everyone was yeah. smiling. He yeah. just brings energy. So yeah. anyway, sorry. That's cool. We you see know, how and why he, he yeah. left a mark on you. Yeah. yeah. One, one of his favorite sayings, and he says it probably every staff meeting is we get to do this. Mm. We get to be counselors. We get to be servants. We get yeah. to do the work we're doing and it's it's draining don't get me wrong like you you can burn out pretty quickly doing this work um and i think i guess that's one of the chief differences between what i do as a christian counselor and maybe what a a non a non-religious counselor might 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 uh, encounter is i've faced burnout a couple times even doing christian work um however the recovery I think is different. The recovery is easier because I do have something to tap into mm. um, that an unbeliever might not have. And that's God. Like that's that, that never ending pool of renewal yeah. that I think um, other counselors and any, even, even believers that are counselors that might not be working in the the Christian sector. Um, I'm not sure they have that resource to kind of tap into. Yeah. And Kyle's always like, you know, where, where are you getting, where are you getting that renewal from? Like, are you pouring back into yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, counselors are constantly listening to very difficult stories, very difficult trauma. Um, I mean, there's a reason why people go to counseling mm-hmm. and you have to sit in the midst of that pain and then go through your own different situations in life that, you know, cause your own trauma and sure. pain and struggles you, you just said it a second ago, like you have a life source that you tap into, which of course we, we call Jesus. What, what, uh, what, how do you tap into it? What does that look like for Jasmine? Oh, um, <laughs> read a lot of books. Um, yeah. I do worship music is, is pretty key. Yeah. Um, that, that's something that I have found has become more and more and more important um, and I'm, I'm someone that has always listened to the lyrics of a song. Like it has to have meaning for me to like it. Um, so, and recently there's just been so many good songs coming out and so many things that are powerful, um, that I just, I just kind of pour into it and the Holy spirit makes me cry. Like that's how I know he's with me is that I'm crying over mm. something that doesn't really matter, but it's, that's what it is. Mm. Um, so if I'm, Crying on a Sunday morning is typically because the worship music is hitting me and the Holy Spirit's there with me. Um, But I love it. Like that's, that's how I kind of, I love reading. I love doing Bible studies. I love digging into scriptures, but it's a little bit different from worship. Yeah. Yeah. So after a a tough session or something where you're just kind of in your own feelings, emotions, whatever, uh, you just turn on that radio and that's how you begin to tap into that source. I like it. Sometimes I have a couple minutes between clients and I'll just like 
sing a song to myself. That's great. Um, most often I don't have that kind of time. I wish I did. So as a counselor, you learn to compartmentalize. Like you learn to just put that client in the box and, and then go on the next one. Um, cause you, you can't, you can't get wrapped up in each individual story cause you will never get any work done. Yeah. And that's so you, unfair to the other clients. It is. Yeah. Yep. Are yep. you musically gifted by the way? No, I wouldn't say that. No? Um, I like to sing. I don't know I'm good at any uh, good any good at it. <laughs> sure. Words. Sure. Cool. Well, I was talking with a pastor friend of mine who also who hit a wall uh in his sermon prep time and he was uh there's he tried all kind of options and he was just hitting a wall. It was just like something was there. And so he ended up just stopping and listening to worship music. And I said it unlocked something in his soul mm-hmm. where he was just able to write. And it was just neat. I think worship music is very powerful in that yeah. rest of time. Um, I think in our culture, though, today, we have a really difficult time determining what burnout is. Do you have a good measurement of like, because I've, I've sat with counselors before, one who specialized in burnout, and he said it was burnout is when you like doctors that are working through a residency program, they lay their stethoscope down and never pick it up again. Yeah. And that's burnout, you know? Is that true burnout or is there levels of it? I think there's levels of it for sure. Um, I think if you truly love what you do and it loses all meaning, I think you're, you're at a, you're at least at a level of burnout, if not truly needing to take a serious break from it. Mm. Um, For me, I didn't want to see clients. I didn't want to delve into their issues. I didn't want, I didn't want to open my Bible. I was just done. Mm. Um, and it was several, several months, I think, have built up um, of work stress and life stress and just not having, um, not having a break from anything. Yeah. Um, so I had been, you know, doing my best to keep up with everything. And I had missed a couple appointments and forgot about a couple of things that were just, how did I, how did I forget that? I don't, I don't forget things easily. Um, so my, my, Kyle actually showed up here and was like, there's something wrong. We need to talk. Hmm. And so that kind of showed me that I wasn't being honest with myself as much as I wanted to be about where I was at, um, in terms of burnout. Um, so he's like, you need to take some time off. And we, we took a vacation out East and that was really good. Um, and I've always had an affinity affinity for water. Like the lakes have always been my thing. And and we went to go see the Atlantic Ocean and um, I had never seen it before. So I got to put my feet in and I got to just just relax. And it was what I needed. Like I found God there and I was just kind of talking to him. And um, so when I came back, I felt so much better mm. and just really ready to engage. And life stress doesn't go away. Like not, nothing changed in terms of pressure and stress and, and responsibilities and expectations um, but God filled up what I needed filling up and that was, that's what I needed from him. Wow. That's great. That's good. You were, you were talking about, uh, music being a, a source for you to get poured back into and stuff. Uh, what's a song that you're loving right now? Oh boy. Um, uh, might get loud. Might Ele- get loud. Might get loud. By who? Elevation worship. Okay. Nice. Um, it is a high energy um, bounce around on the stage song. Like you can't That's help cool. but boogie to that, that music. I mean, it's amazing. I have to add that to my yep. Spotify playlist. Now. Um, Brandon Lake's new worship album is fantastic. Um, 
He has a song. What, oh, I just heard this morning. This is a move. I think that's what it is. This is a move. Okay. Um, and it, it's amazing. Like it, and I, I would love to hear it on a Sunday morning, Jacob. Um, <laughs> so uh, there is another one. Um, Talking to Jesus, also by Brandon Lake and Elevation Worship. Okay. Um, those two have been like just replaying in my head constantly, and it, it both of them really. I mean, might get loud doesn't make me cry necessarily. It just makes me want to get up and jump around and dance and act like an idiot. Um, but that, but talking to Jesus, that one will make you cry. Yeah. 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 That's cool. Well, you ready for your question? Ooh, brain break time. Yeah. Brain break time. <laughs> now I'm scared. <laughs> All right. The audience's favorite time of their week, clearly, yeah. is the Live to Give podcast brain break. We have so many people connect, contacting us, telling us they mm-hmm. love the brain break. So many. Like blowing up on Twitter, yeah. going viral. We are sarcastic. Oh, very much so. Okay. Uh, I have a whole list of, of random ones, but uh, let's start off very simple. Very You're simple. starting off, so this is a series of questions? Well, just just for us to discuss real quick. Okay. It is something that I think is actually quite vital right. to society. We'll see where this goes. Does pineapple belong on pizza? Absolutely. Absolutely. My goodness. With pepperoni. <laughs> pepperoni and pineapple deep dish pizza. Better yeah. than ham and pineapple? Absolutely. Hmm. Which What is it? Pepperoni and pineapple. Nate, oh, yeah. you're I a big like ham that. fan. What, what I would like, you pick? I though? will go with any meat as long as it's not chorizo. The chorizo is too strong for me. It's and too that, greasy. That, yeah, it's like too, too oily. But I love pepperoni when pa- mm-hmm. pineapple. I love ham, Canadian bacon. I'm all not a big fan good. of Canadian bacon. It's just ham. Yeah, it really this is. This is dry ham. It really is. Yeah. All right. Here's the random question. I just needed to know. That was on the list. I was okay. like, boom, we need to settle this real quick. But you which disagree. A, oh, very much so. Which is I like pineapple by itself. I like pineapple juice. Uh, I do not <laughs> like it on my pizza. You like pineapple and ham, though? Oh Most yeah, hams like, are like when you yeah pineapple. when you roast a ham or whatever. Yeah. Yes, I do like that. So you don't like pineapple by itself? I think it's honestly it's probably more like the pizza sauce and pineapple that I don't like. Oh. I don't like the salty sweet. Yeah, I, well, see, normally I do like salty sweet, but there's something about that one that I think it's the uh, acidity, maybe like mm. that. That seems know? to be very polarizing. <laughs> it, is. it is very like, polarizing. Half of everybody loves it, and half of everybody else hates it. There's no yeah. middle ground. Yeah, there. no, <laughs> there's not. No, there's going to be a war about this someday around pineapple on pizza. Yeah. If that's yeah. all we got to fight about, it's a good day. Yeah, it is. <laughs> no tell. That that's what started. Yeah. Um, okay. So here's the question. Uh, what secret society would you like to start? Ooh, Ooh. That's a great question. Right? I like it. Secret society. What secret society would you like to start? I'll go first because I already have one. That'll give you guys time to think. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure if our viewers is are aware of this about me. Uh, we might have brought this up before, but I'm obsessed with Tiger King. Oh yeah, oh, obsessed boy. with Tiger no, he, King. He, I've seen season thing. one, which we didn't know it was going to be seasons. <laughs> season two is apparently coming out real soon. I'm gonna watch that three times as well. Was uh, it only three? But what was it only three? Yeah, I've only seen it three times. I thought it was four. Maybe it is four. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I thought it was only he three. loved it. Maybe it's four. I don't know. Anyways, I would love to start a secret society because we're not super proud people <laughs> that <laughs> love and can't get enough of Tiger King. I don't know. That's my I think secret he's so society. Creepy. I refuse to watch it. 
He creeps me out. Oh my gosh. I watched like two episodes in. I'm thinking this actually happened. Yeah. I was blown away by the story. <laughs> every layer to it. Yeah. Every every episode you're like blown away. It, it gets worse. <laughs> like this too happened. <laughs> like I, uh, I've never I love documentaries. I love docu-series. Generally, I like really serious motivational documentaries and series, right? Yeah. Uh Nate and I we recently watched uh F1 mm-hmm. uh Drive to Survive on Netflix and now we're obsessed with F1. That's that I like that type stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah, I would I didn't expect it from Tiger King. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how good it is. His voice is in my head now. I'm thinking What's up? You know, no, like I was no. a high boy. High boy. Anyways, that's a great one. Well, guess what? <laughs> exactly. All right, Jasmine, Nate, you guys. You know, I have don't a know if I would society? like necessarily a secret society because I suck at keeping secrets. <laughs> just tell everybody. Like if I'm excited about something, I'm just gonna go talk to everybody about it. Like, Wait, is, okay, a, is there some some type of hobby or interest or something that you're slightly embarrassed about, but you would want community around? <laughs> oh, there it is. Now I saw it. It came in your head right there. <laughs> Her reaction, ladies and gentlemen, was immediate. <laughs> There's something there. Yeah, we found just it. Just not sure if she wants to share <laughs> on a podcast. You aren't just talking to Nate and Evan. You're talking to the millions of listeners. <laughs> you mean 25. <laughs> somewhere say, somewhere between yeah. 25 and 25. For all two people that's going to listen to this. Um, I like watching pimple popping videos. Oh, oh there it is. That's fine. <laughs> that is okay. I bet that that I am fascinated by the level of disgusting things skin can produce. Mm, So like I, I, Dr. Pimple Popper, like that. She's incredible. And you know, has just like cuts into people and squeezes all that junk out. And it's like, Oh, it's disgusting. Let me see. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'm like, can I you, think you'd can you be, open that pocket a little more, just a little more. Yeah, I think yeah. you'd be shocked at how many members would show up to your secret. Society. Oh, I think there's a lot. I oh, mean, obviously, strange. she's got like her own TV show now and stuff. Yeah. So I'm not the only person. It that. feels good to watch that stuff like actually come <laughs> out. Like, like, oh, yeah. he's got to feel like, oh, the yeah. relief. Yeah, yeah. he's got to feel better. Yeah. I've been into yeah. watching uh, cis yeah. on cows. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Man, actually, I got into watching puff trimming. Yeah, oh, yeah. That. Puff did trimming. anyone see that coming today? I've really puff. been into cysts on cows. Yeah, <laughs> man, when they pop those suckers open, it's like a waterfall. It's a black hole. Oh, it's crazy. It doesn't stop. You can see the oh, cow's yeah. eyes. They're like they feel oh, much yeah. better. Yeah. Awesome. The cow's eyes. <laughs> like, oh, that's I really try to connect with the cow in those videos. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Oh my gosh! Whoa! <laughs> I love it. That's great. Oh man, Secret we bring society. you we bring you hope and uh, entertainment. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's the goal. Guess. That is the that's goal. That's the goal. So Nate, is yours the Sacred Society of Sis on Cows? No, because that's yeah. pretty much open right now. Yeah, and I wasn't thinking along those lines. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I would have. It's a hard. I'm with you, Jasmine. It's hard to say. Like I think pretty much if I'm excited about something, I want to talk to people. Mm-hmm. Uh. I don't know. I think I've already found a secret society in the things I'm interested in. And like they have ways of connecting. I don't know. I'm thinking way too much about it. I'm sorry. Evan. <laughs> way too much about it. Okay. So for me, if I was to create a secret society, hmm, I got it. Here it is. Here's the thing that I, I'm intrigued about. Okay. When you have a muffin top type body like I do, what's <laughs> fashion look like at 40? 
I would create a society where all walks of life could come speak into my fashion. I would want to know. Would you really want them to, though? I would. Because you're getting a lot of dissent. I like the feedback in there. Wow. Yeah. I just know I need it. (laughs) So, listeners, if you attend Faith Church in Lansing, please approach me. Okay, hold on. This is a minimal budget of what I have for fashion, okay? So that's what I... I love joggers, too, and I know that makes me look lazy, but I love them, okay? (laughs) So what's fashion look like so I'm not disappointing my wife Mm. if we're out in public? Yeah. You know, because I will wear joggers everywhere. Yeah. Does that, I mean... Do you feel like you quite often disappoint your wife in fashion? Uh, through comments sometimes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> great. That's great. There you go. Well, that was a good uh, good brain break. Uh, <laughs> let's jump back into the, the conversation. Jasmine, did you know from a young age that you wanted to be a counselor? I, mean, I know you, you explain it's kind of like a, a later in life career type thing. Like, yeah. You know, um, but... Yes and no. I didn't have like an, a label on it. Like I want to go into psychology, but at the same time, I've always been the person I'm like, tell me what's going on. I'll help you figure it out. Mm. Like I've yeah. always done that. I was always the fixer in the family. If somebody was arguing with somebody, be like, okay, what's your side of the story? What's your side of the story? Let me figure it out. Um, so I guess it just kind of worked into a career in psychology and, and in college, um, I have a younger brother with developmental disabilities, and then my mom suffered with significant depression her entire life. So I'm like, I'm going to choose a career where I can fix those things. Wow. So that was kind of what led me into psychology to begin with. Um, and it wasn't until I was in grad school that I realized I can't fix people. I I can only help them fix themselves. Yeah. Wow. Um, so, so I guess yes and no. Yeah. I've always been good at it, but not necessarily... With that direction. Yeah. Random uh, question. What What's your undergrad in? Psychology. Oh, okay. Yeah. All I got right. a bachelor's in psychology. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I, in college, it wasn't clear that I had to go to grad school to be in psychology as a career. It was just kind of like, go to college, get a psychology degree, and then I'll figure out something. Well, without a higher degree, I wasn't going to work in the field. It was going to be doing... I think CPS was the only job I found that I could get with a bachelor's in psychology. That's hard. Um, and I went to the orientation for that job and I watched the videos and this is what you're doing. I'm like, I'm out. Yeah. I, that, that work is hard mm-hmm. and it's not something I have a lot of patience for. Yeah. So I would have too hard of a time giving kids back to abusive parents. Yeah. So I'm like, this, this so is hard. not, this is not for me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So in your current, uh, profession of counseling what what are you seeing as like the major struggles we've gone through significant times these last couple years and so what are you just finding like resonating to the surface of like what people are really dealing with I think um the isolation has really really gotten to people in a way that um I guess the simplest way to put it is people not being able to hide from the issues that they're suffering, like mm-hmm. being being forced to be isolated for well over a year in most cases, people just couldn't ignore the other issues that they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we all distract ourselves from, from stress in some way, some shape or form. Um, and that becomes very limited when you don't have all access to your distractions any longer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had, I had a client tell me, 
well, I can only watch Netflix for so long and then it just becomes just impossible. Yeah. And I can't, can't think, can't do anything. Um, so, so it became very obvious to that person that I have to face this and I can't hide from it anymore. Yeah. So I, I think the pandemic has really brought people's issues to a new level of awareness hmm. to where we're reintegrating for the past few months. And, and some people feel like they've lost the skill to be able to distract anymore because hmm. they sent so much time by themselves. So it's been interesting to see how things have developed. Um, I think the biggest increase in terms of ages we've seen come in is kids, um, teenagers specifically. And it, in my opinion, a lot of what I'm seeing is spiritual warfare wow. in our teens. And, and I have a child as young as eight um, dealing with suicidal ideation, dealing with um, significant nightmares, um, nightmares in which they are running from someone trying to kill them or they are killing someone. And it's it's clear to me the influence of, of the, the enemy in just children like you know, I have as old as 17 that's still a minor and as young as eight um, that are dealing with kind of the same things. Mm. And it's depression, it's isolation, it's self-harm, it's anxiety, um, suicidal ideation. It, it just stacks up to where you know, what eight-year-old knows how to respond to that um, beyond acting out. And so then you have a lot of parents who are like, I don't know what to do. We're trying all these behavioral things and punishment. It's like that's... That's not what the answer is. They're not being bad to be bad. They don't know what to do. Mm. So they're trying to get your attention in some way. And unfortunately, it turns out to be bad behavior. But it's not because they're trying to be bad. It's because they're suffering and they don't know what to do with it. Seems like it's not as simple as it was. It's no. more, there's a lot more complexity. A lot more complexity. Yeah. How would you encourage parents in those situations? Like what would you what would you say to parents? Um reach out whether it's to a counselor, to your pastor, um, other parents may have experienced this. You can kind of pick their brains and what's what their experience is, but, but do your best to have patience with your kids. Mm. Um, by and large, the, the bad behaviors are not because they are trying to be, you know, lazy or destructive or, or insensitive. It's usually there's something else going on. They don't, they have big feelings. They can't articulate, those big feelings, whether it's fear, it's they, they don't want to disappoint someone they want to achieve, but don't know how to do it. Um, all the expectations that are placed on younger and younger children these days create bigger and bigger emotions and create bigger and bigger problems because what eight year old can say, I'm afraid of disappointing you. Mm-hmm. They don't know what that looks like. They don't know how to tell you that they don't know what the feelings are. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we as adults in their lives have to be kind of extra sensitive to what, what is this kid trying to tell me? Hmm. You said something interesting um, within the answer the first time you said people are losing the skill of distraction. I've never heard that because usually I, you would think, and I'm, I'm a master at distracting. Like I, I, that's in my core. Mm -hmm. Um, What's after distraction when you lose that skill? What did you see? Was it more anxiety? Was it more fear when you kind of lose that ability to distract yourself or what happens? Everything kind of crashes in. Typically. Yes. Mm. I mean, it, you know, the basis of all anxiety is fear. Mm. You are, you are afraid of something, whether it's afraid of losing, losing your job, losing your family, losing people's respect, losing people's admiration. Um, 
whether it's fear of not being who you think you are, losing your identity in some way, losing a piece of your identity. Um, so, so when we're more focused on distracting ourselves from our issues, it tends to come whether we form an addiction to something in order to distract or we do nothing but sit on the couch, watch TV all day. Um, we scroll through Facebook for hours and hours and hours because we're not sure what else to do with ourselves. Um, it comes in a, a number of different ways, but the, the skill of distraction is simply not facing what the bigger issues are. Whether it's you don't know how, you're afraid to face it, you're not sure what's underneath that cover. Um, all of this kind of builds up into, for some people, it's just an utter burnout, for lack of a better term. They don't know what to do, so everything just falls apart. They're not sure how to pick up the pieces. They're not sure where to start. They're not even sure. You know, when they sit down in my office and I'm like, okay, what brings you in today? I have no idea. I just know everything blew up. Wow. And so for those, they've lost that ability to be able to even articulate these are what I'm, this, these are the issues I'm bringing in. Wow. This is what I'm scared of. This is what we need to work on. Um, so, yeah. Over the course of my adulthood, I've seen more and more people be open to therapy, talk about their mental health, all those things. And I, I see that continuing in the uh, foreseeable future. But there's still hesitancy. Mm -hmm. There's still so many people that I meet with, talk with that clearly need counseling to just go talk to someone and work through some of the, the uh, situations that they're facing. There, there's still hesitancy there, despite people talking about it. And you see it all over uh, yeah. uh, social media and stuff. What would you say to someone who's still hesitant? That still, even despite all their <laughs> friends, everybody telling them and supporting it, they're, they're still hesitant. What would you say to them? Quit paying so much attention to anyone else's opinion. Mm. I think that's that's one of the biggest issues I see in society as at large is everybody is worried about what someone else might think. Mm. And it's nobody, nobody is, is focusing so much attention on what you are doing to where you can't get help. And if someone in your life does have a problem with it, then it's time to be like, well, do you care more about how I look on the outside or how I feel on the inside? Mm. And maybe it's, it's setting up some more stro you know, stronger boundaries between you and that person to where you are not caring about my struggle, you're caring more about uh, an opinion. And this is what I need to get better, so this is what I'm going to do for me. Um, so I, identity comes along with everything you have going on in life. So if your identity is strong, independent, don't need help, I can do it, well, you're going to find yourself at some point that falling apart and be like, oh, crap, I do need help. That's really good. Yeah. It's one of the hardest lessons too. Absolutely. Especially when you're strong-willed. Yep. <laughs> it's like the one area. Yeah. Yeah. I stumbled upon uh, counseling early on in my life. I was told by a pastor, um, you should, or I asked him, what's the one thing I should do being in full-time ministry? And he looked at me and said, you should go to counseling. Mm -hmm. And I laughed because I thought he was joking. I really did. I thought it was like, oh, it's just so hard. You need count kind of thing. He's like, no, it's a preventative. It works alongside yep. ministry. Yep. It's very helpful. Um, and so I did. I listened to him and I found amazing support. Even in areas where I would go into someone's office and I just, I didn't know what to say. But after that hour, it was 
incredible. It was, it was, there was something there, there was substance and I felt better. I felt like there was one step better for myself sure. than I was when I walked in that door. Yep. But so what do you do? Like what's your mentality when you walk in? I don't want to focus always on just what you're doing, but like, what do you do when you think of that door, that client walking in? Is it stressful for you or is it peaceful? Is, do you feel like God's with you the minute you walk in that door? Or oh, absolutely. Um, you know, one of the things I teach all my interns that I have experienced personally is it can feel very alone when you think about the fact that this person's coming to you for help. You become an authority for them mm. and you are now responsible for fixing everything. Yeah. Um, a, that's not true. But B... God is always with us in the room. Um, I had a conversation with an intern yesterday about this, and I, I tell this to my interns in order to encourage them, but also to use that resource. Like you are, you know, you have this as part of your personal faith. Use it in your work too, because that's what we're here to do. Hmm. Um, and and my intern said, "You you told me this. Well, this is what happened." And essentially, she was in the room with a kid, and she wasn't sure what to do for them. And God was like this is where, this is where I want you to go. Mm. And she went there, she followed that lead and a lot of good things happened for that, that client. So, um, being here, I don't put too much stock on what am I going to do for this person? I need to listen to their story Mm. and I need to kind of ferret out the important parts from what is superfluous and what isn't important. Um, and then I'm always like, okay, God, where, where should I go with this? I have 15 different directions. Yeah which thread do I pick up? Hmm. And he shows me. That's amazing. Doubt. Yeah. Uh, the second part of kind of our podcast and what we look for is hope. And so we have all kinds of questions around this one that I was looking up. I love to kind of understand the biblical theology aspect of things. Um, and one theologian Moltmann, uh, who was one of my favorites, uh, talks about hope uh, within God's promises summarized um, in a, Greek or a Latin phrase, but I'm not going to repeat it because that's a dead language. I don't know how to speak that. Uh, anyways, it says hope seeking understanding. I hope in order that I may understand. So when we look at this, I feel like when we look at this world, hope is very different in the sense of something that comes out of God's promises, mm-hmm. but also comes out of this leading to actually be aware of where hope is at. So like, how are you seeing hope in the midst of all the dark stories are all the intense stories, all the traumatic things that are happening to people around you. How do you find hope in all that? Um, I watched Jesus work Mm. and it, it sounds hokey sometimes when, when you say things like that, but when I sit with a client, I listen to their story. Um, maybe it's, they've suffered abuse in some way or they, lost a parent and was never able to seek forgiveness for, for whatever happened with that parent. Um, I'm able to, even, even with clients that are not necessarily believers, I can still use those same lessons and those same teachings to walk them through finding the truth and walk them through this. You know, what do we think about this idea? What do we think about the idea that we're not isolated and alone and actually responsible for everything? that we can reach out to other people around us. We can, we can get support from friends. We can get support from our, our environment. Like we can go out, walk the woods around your house or go find a lake and get peace in those senses. Mm-hmm. Um, there's several different levels that God brings that back 
and, and gifts it to us. Like mm. this is not something we earn. So, so that's what is amazing about this work is that you don't even have to be a believer to be able to benefit and reap that harvest that God provides. Wow. Good. Um, one, I just want to say, so appreciate what you do for a living. Yeah. Um, you, you really are again on the, the front lines of, of God's work and, and you're just as much as a pastor as the rest of us <laughs> and, uh, and what you do for people. Uh, so it's, it's just beautiful. And again, you work for Beacon of Hope. How can people reach you or the uh, organization if they're looking for some uh, some? Um, yeah, support? they can go to beaconhope one word dot net. Um, or if you are looking to give us a call, um, the main line is in Holland, but we do have five satellite offices: so Lansing, Portland, Muskegon, Granville, and Holland itself. Huh. Um, and so the main number is six one six five nine four five three eight zero. Um, and so you call, you leave a voicemail and somebody will get back to you and figure out, you know, what your needs are, what location you want to be at all those nice, neat things. That's great. Yeah, that's great. Any, uh, closing thoughts, Nate? Well, a question you usually ask. Yeah. How can we support you? Oh, great. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> well, you know, I, have a list. No, I, I will, I will do the pitch. Um, we are completely donation based. We don't take any federal funds. We never charge anything. It costs our organization about $32 to offer a session to a client. Um, so if you're looking for somewhere to donate some extra cash you got lying around, you can always um, send that in. We always appreciate everything. Um, I get, that's the best way really. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Is, and that's a great way. Yeah. That's a great way. So. Yeah. Because it's not like donating to you. It's donating no. to people actually yes. getting counseling yep. for free. That need, yeah. For free. I mean, yeah. that is beautiful. Yeah, it really is. Well, thanks for your time. Thanks yeah. for joining us on this podcast. You're welcome. We know this has been very inspirational for anyone listening. So thank you for your time. It's thank been you for fun. Yeah. To our audience, grace and peace to you. We hope you join us next time. Yeah. Oh. Yeah.